Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. All right. Well, again, thank you guys so much for being here. I'm going to jump right in. Is that okay? I'm going to jump right into the Word today. We're going to get into God's Word. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people's. Darkness covers. I wonder how many of us feel that thick darkness in the world, right? But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. In other words, he's saying the Lord's light rises upon you. I want you to imagine like the light illuminating, God's light illuminating from your life into a thick darkness. Then he says, nations will come to your light. Nations will come. This is the hope of revival, right? That nations will come. And when he says your light, of course, he's, we're, we're, it's not coming to you as the light. We have Jesus in us as the light. God has placed Jesus as the light in us. And now the church is the light of the world through the light of Jesus that's in the church. Amen. All right. So perhaps a more familiar passage to you besides the prophet Isaiah's passage about you being the light comes from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Say that one more time. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. How many like that scripture, right? It's a good verse. I love that scripture. Jesus tells his followers, he's like, listen, I am the light of the world and I'm taking this little light of mine, right? He's like, this little light of mine, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to give it to you, but here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to take that light and put it under a bowl. Don't hide that light. Don't bury that light. Don't snuff that light out. Instead, put it on its stand so everyone can see that light. He gives them a picture. He's like, I want you to be like a city on a hill. Imagine in the ancient days, thick darkness in the middle of the night. You're trying to make your way through the darkness. What's the only light that you see? The only light you may be able to see for miles is the city that has enough firelight in it that it's illuminated on a hill. And that's your destination. That's your orientation because you see that and you know where you are. He's like, listen, that's what I want you to be in this world. I want you to be not only the destination, but the orientation of people's life. That's who you are. He says, be like the bright lights of a city in a dark world. So we're starting today with a little bit of this backdrop, light and darkness, right? Don't hide the light, don't cover it up, don't put a bowl over it. Be like a city on a hill. So I wanna remind us of what we've been doing. This has been a pretty good series. It's been really short, but it's been pretty good in terms of what I've been spending hearing feedback of how God's been moving to people's life. But we are in part three of a series that we've called Unspoken. And I've told you that this is not like three individual messages. This is like a three-part mini-series. And everybody likes a mini-series, right? 
And really, really what we're saying is the best part of you, this has been the idea that we've been talking about, the best version of you is unlocked when the unspoken things that live under the surface of your life come out of hiding shame, fear, and confusion, and you speak those things to God and to others. That's when the best version of you comes alive. And that's what we've been talking about. And really, we've been saying this only happens, or best happens, through the power of vulnerability. And so today's message is titled, Out of the Channel. Out of the Channel. Everyone say, Out of the Channel. Yes, you said that right. Channel is the word of the day. I want to use the famous channel to be a picture for us. If you don't know what the channel is, it's a train tunnel that it connects the island of the United Kingdom to the mainland of Europe, specifically to France. And there's an underground chain, train tunnel that goes under the English Channel. I'll show you a quick map. You see it, it goes under the English Channel. And prior to this channel existing, of course, there's no way you could take ground travel, train travel between these two places. But now in a mere two hours and 17 minutes, you can be from downtown London to downtown Paris via the comfort of the Eurostar train, which I've happened to take. And it was a great thing. But before I went, I, like, I had to think about this. Like, how does this work? Because how many know it's kind of freaky to be in a train under the ocean? That sounds like, I don't know if I want to go that deep. How many know it's, it's not that deep? Hmm. I don't know if I want to go that deep. But in case you don't know much about the channel, a few fun facts for you. Got this here for you. Train travels through the channel at over 100 miles an hour, which, once again, that doesn't sound safe either. What's going on with this thing? It is the longest undersea tunnel in the world, 24 miles. It's 380 feet below sea level. But catch this, it's 250 feet below the seabed meaning at its deepest point, the channel is 250 feet below the seafloor. Obviously, they did build this at the narrowest point, at the most shallow point of the English Channel, but nonetheless, like engineering genius, right? Like smart people are the very best in the world. I love them. How did they figure this out? I don't know. But why am I talking about this channel? Well, because I think it's going to help us build upon kind of with this idea that we've been talking about, because this series is really about the deep need for us to go under the surface, right? To go to talk about the things that are often never talked about, the things that are forgotten, or the scared versions of you and me that need to come out of hiding and into the light, because God wants to use those things and the power of vulnerability to help us become more of who the person he's created us to be, because ultimately this series and what we're talking about is about your life. We want you to find who the best version of you is. So in part one of the series, we explored the question, just a re quick review, we explored the question, what are you not saying to God that you need to say to God? And then once you figure that out, not only, not only start praying that or confessing that to God, but maybe share that with some others. Part two of this series, we talked about the question, you know, what's the fear that's stopping you that's living under the surface? And instead of adapting to that fear, how do we overcome that fear? And then part three today, I want to talk more about the things that are living underneath the sur surface that I would say are the dreams, the hopes, the desires that live on the surface, our calling, so to speak, the things that live under the surface that we might call dreams that never really come out of hiding. Maybe the dreams that you've never done anything about or the calling that you once felt, but now you've stuffed it so far down that you don't even want to tell yourself about that calling. Or the dreams that lie dormant or the callings that are undone or too afraid. Or maybe it's the dream that you're wishing 
for and that you're talking about, but it's like it's on a spin cycle. It doesn't really go anywhere. It just kind of ends up at the same place it started. So I want to build on the image we started with last week. You guys remember this image? You guys remember this? If you say, if you remember, say, I remember. Okay, good. If you didn't, I would say, make sure you go back and watch the live stream or whatever, or watch or listen to the podcast. You can listen at two times speed. I don't care. Just go check it out. All right. But get up, get caught up from last week. But I want to take this a little bit wider, a little bit deeper, if you will. So if we backed up and we said, come in here, channel, uh, this is what it's going to look like. We're going to take this a little deeper. And if you think about it, it's where we were last week. It's 130 feet from the surface of the water to the ocean floor. But if we take this analogy of the channel, like it's 380 feet from the surface of the water to the channel. So how many know that sometimes if you really want to get to the dreams that are deep in your heart, you not only have to go scuba diving with Jesus, but you got to take a shovel, (laughs) right? It's not just about diving in, but it's about digging in. How many know that sometimes you got to do both? The dive is really easy, but can you dive and dig? Because that's where the real living water is underneath the surface. So I want you to imagine it like this. Let's say that at several points in your life, maybe at 18, maybe at 25, maybe at 30, maybe at 50, maybe at 60, you had a dream spark in your life. There's like a spark of something new. I want everyone to say spark. There's like a spark. There's like something like a what if moment with God. And maybe it was a what if like on what you're going to do with your life, where you're going to live, the kind of career you're going to have. But a lot of times if it's with God, if you have a relationship with God, if you don't, maybe it's, you don't realize it's from God, but maybe it was God anyway all the time. And you just didn't realize it, that God was moving in your life and he sparked something in you that came alive. Maybe it was to start a business, but it wasn't to start a business just to make money, but it was to start a business with a purpose more than just making money. And you thought, maybe I could do this. It will help people. It will serve people. It will serve the world. Maybe I could do that. Or maybe you're like, maybe I should go live this place because if I live there, maybe I can contribute in this way. Or maybe it was, I just want to help kids, or I just want to help people in addiction, or I want to help. And you had these sparks, right, of true, honest dreams to make a difference with your life. And there was a spark. And by the way, not all sparks are supposed to be careers. (laughs) We think they are, but sometimes they're just dreams that we're supposed to become. And the spark, if you think about it, is the light of the world kind of stuff that you can just catch a glimpse of. That God gives us this this image, this what if, this moment, and you get excited when this happens. And you wonder, what if I could do that? What if I could be that? What if I could become that? What if I could go there? What if I can experience that? What if I could share that? What if I, you know, what if I? And then you're like, this is worth my life. This is worth me giving my time to. This is worth me giving my resources to. Because inside of you, in that spark, you realize this is who I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm created to be. This is actually me living out in a, my life in a godly way that aligns with the person that I feel like God not only wants me to be, but I feel like it's being a good human. It's contributing to the world. And you have these sparks. And essentially, though, what happens is that dream, it hits us on the surface, but then immediately, like, it goes into the channel, into our inner world of fears and insecurities and impossibilities and busyness and unrealistic endeavors and naysayers who say, oh, wow, that's that dream. I don't know about that. You can't chase that dream. You need to go chase after the more realistic things. You need to get your career started. Then maybe after that, you can kind of work on that thing. But Take care of what needs to be taken care of first. And that dream loses its spark, right? To the demands of life, 
And the dream moves from hope to a someday, to a maybe, to I don't know, to a probably not, to a I don't talk about Bruno no more, right? Like that's what it goes to. We don't talk about that. Essentially, it gets stuck deep in the channel, <laughs> stuck in the dark. It's like we put our lamp under a bowl. And dreams are hidden. And a lot of us don't, we're like, dreams, dreams, yeah, but, but dreams, callings, deep desires of our life making a difference, of our life being aligned with the kingdom of God, with our life being aligned with the things that Jesus has put in us to do. Those sorts of dreams, they lie hidden deep under the surface of the undersurface. <laughs> what is that? It's deep under the surface of the undersurface. It's even deeper. It's when you have to break out the shovel. There's a similar psychology tool that I, we can kind of compare to kind of my crazy tunnel analogy, and it's called the Tunnel of Chaos. It was created by a guy named uh, Dr. Scott Peck, and he talks about how do we get from pseudo-community to authentic community? Meaning, how do we get from a life that's just sort of kind of not really vulnerable, doesn't really know anybody, to one that's fully authentic? And he says you have to go through chaos, or what we're calling today kind of the tunnel of chaos. And he says basically this, meaning if you want to experience rich, real, authentic community with other people, this is one of the steps that every person must take. You have to be willing to go into this tunnel of vulnerability and to be honest with others. And it may feel a bit like chaos for a while because you're exposing all of these hidden parts of your life. You're being willing to hear about the blind things that you can't see for yourself about your life. It's very much the Jahari window language we've been talking about the last two weeks. And you get into this, but it's not chaos forever because in this process you become known and you start to know others and you come out of it and you experience this place called authentic community, which we might call biblical community. Biblical community in which you are not only known to others, but you know others. And there's this authenticity about your life. All of us want that. All of us want to belong that's what we want here in this church. That's what we want with our groups. That's what we want with our ministries. We want you to have authentic biblical community. But here's the thing. You don't do the tunnel of chaos with 350 people. No, no, it's, that's not the way. This, we, we don't want you to go and be vulnerable with everyone. We don't need you to overshare. Anybody know the oversharing person? Like the person who airs all their dirty, dirty laundry. You're like, I didn't need to know that. TMI, right? Like, or the person that, that, that shares your blind spots without you asking. You're like, listen, back up, yo. Like, we, we know the overshare. We don't want you to be the overshare. We don't want you to be vulnerable with everyone. But what if you had a few in your life that you were vulnerable with, that you experienced this kind of community with, this kind of authenticity with? Because we must not only care for ourselves becoming the best version of ourselves, because that's what happens in this when we become authentic. But we must care about our friends becoming the best version of themselves. And so we have to go into the tunnel with them. We have to figure this out. So back to our channel. And we have this spark, right? And it happens and it goes deep. This, this, this vision, this, this hope, this desire, this picture of who we could become, and it goes down into insecurity and fear and all these other places where we don't really know how to live out that thing to where it can become this burning light. But we're really trying to get over here, right? Where we'll come out of the channel and into the city. Because remember, we're a city built on a hill, right? 
And this is what God wants. He wants us like, how do, how do we get it out of the tunnel and into the city? How do we get the dream out of the, the undersurface in, of the undersurface of your life and into the city? It could feel a bit like the tunnel of chaos in order to do it. There's a lot of vulnerability in that. There's a lot of moments where you're like, what am I doing? But there's a vulnerability that's happening where you're moving from pseudo-living, surface living, to authentic living. So what God, when God calls us the light, I think sometimes a lot of us just picture that as, oh, that means that we're supposed to go evangelize, we're supposed to go be missionaries, we're supposed to carry out the mission of God. And all that's very true and part of what it means to be the light of God. But if you remember that scripture, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Good deeds, that they may see your good deeds. So doing good things matter, right? Good deeds can be God, uh, be, being a person like being a godly teacher, for example, right? That could be doing a good deeds. It could be curating the best cup of coffee. I don't know. It could be, you know, making art. Those are all th- Here's the thing. It's about, it's about submitting what we do under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and saying, God, do use this for your purpose. I want this to glorify you but I'm going to take all the things that I do and I'm going to let my light shine through them. Let your light shine through them because I'm not going to keep you absent from these things. This isn't my life and then over here I have my God life. No, this is, this is my life all the time. And so the things that you put in me, I'm going to let your light shine through them. Charles Spurgeon says it this way. You guys know Charles Spurgeon, 19th century theologian. Good old Chuck. He says, <clears throat> Christ never contemplated the production of secret Christians whose virtues would never be displayed and who would travel to heaven by night. I think Chuck was being a bit sarcastic here. If you really read this, he's being like, like, seriously, you think you're supposed to just live a secret Christian life? Jesus never talked about that. He said, if you think you can get to heaven by just kind of secretly going through the dark night and get your way there, like, no, no, no. You're supposed to be going through the thick darkness, shining the light of God. This is, what, this, is what, this is what he's saying, right? He's like, no, there's supposed to be the light of God is the magnet to Jesus in this world, attracting all people to himself. So I just want to make sure that we're, we're aware that I'm not shortchanging what it means to be like God. Like dreams and sparks, that's part of it. But at the end of the day, the, the greatest theological understanding of what it means the light of God is to be translated as the public display, the visible known truths of God that are the most attractive force in this world, drawing all people to himself. And he says, hey, you can be that light. So how do we, how do we transfer this then to saying, okay, God's putting stuff in me. I'm supposed to go bring this into the city. I'm supposed to be the light. I'm supposed to be like a city on the hill. How do we bring our dreams out of the channel and into the city? Because our, we, I think we can all acknowledge like what if everybody like, was doing this? Like Our city would need it. Your family would need it. Your friends would need it. You would need it. Like Life would be better. So maybe the more proper question for us to process today is, I've been giving you a question each week. Maybe this is the question. What is the dream, or I'll even put the word calling, what is the calling deep inside of you that needs to come out of hiding? That's a big question. A lot of us don't really like to deal with this question. I mean, I had a moment in my life when I kind of was just going through life and I was just living and I, and I had this moment when I stopped like literally in my tracks and I said, what am I doing with my life? 
if I keep going down this path, do I like who I'm becoming? If I continue to just give my energy to the same things I'm giving it myself to now, is that the person that God's called me to become? And I had to stop and go, no, that's not who God's called me to be. And I had to change direction. I had to get real and authentic with who the person God's created me to be instead of this person that the world's expected me to be. So it's a big question, but I have good news for you. (laughs) I have three thoughts that'll help you today. (laughs) Brought to you by your pastor. Three thoughts on screen, and we're going to talk about each one. Simply this, how do we go out of the channel into the city? We need to prioritize, share, and do to get it out of the darkness and into the light. And listen, I want to talk about these three things. Um, and they aren't the only three things, but I just think they fit for today for us. And so we're going to talk about first about prioritize, because we should prioritize the word prioritize. So we're going to talk about it first. There you go. Um, how many know that you have to prioritize the things that you care about? <laughs> Duh. We have to prioritize those things in our time, in our prayers, and in our resources. Because if we're going to dream about anything, well, the things that we dream about should be things that we care about. And if we care about it, then we should be praying about it. And if we pray about it, then those should be things that we do something about. Right? How many of you know that we say we care a lot about a lot of things, but we don't prioritize them? Therefore, we don't pray about them and we don't do anything about it. Dreams have to have the space to come alive or they'll never grow. Just because I can imagine a beautiful tree in my backyard, it doesn't mean anything. I can imagine it all day long. It just lives in my head. But what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to actually take steps of action, prioritize, prioritize my time towards finding the tree that I want, choosing the tree that I want, going to the store that has it, finding that thing, tracking it down, choosing to spend my money on it, choosing to spend the time to, to, to not only purchase that thing, but to align someone to deliver it to my house because I don't have a truck. I can't get a tree to my house. So I got to pay someone to do that. So they get it to my house and then guess what? It's not done. I'm going to have to dig a hole. And once I dig a hole and I sit it in there and I fill the hole back up, I'm going to have to stake that tree because it's new. How many know that new dreams are vulnerable? And so you have to stake that tree because when storms come, it's going to, you're going to have to support it and give it the support it needs. And then guess what? You're going to have to mulch it. You're going to have to water it. You're going to have to fertilize it. That work isn't done. It's many, many years before I get to sit in my backyard and go, look at that beautiful tree. Because that dream isn't just, I want a tree. That dream is a lot of effort of prioritizing my life in order to make that dream a reality. If a dream remains in the infancy of the mind, it will never be given the priority of time and working on it. It will never go anywhere. I've been working on a visual to help clarify kind of the priorities of my life. And and I call this tool Simplify to Magnify. I'm giving you some visuals today, of course, but Simplify to Magnify. And you can go ahead and put this up there. Yeah. And it's, we've worked really hard as a church, by the way, to do this. And I'm not talking about our church today so much, but we've thought over the last year, what what, what do we need to do to simplify what we do and how we do it in order to magnify what's most important? And so we've been doing that and working on that a lot. And so I've been thinking about the things that are most important are the things you spend the most time on. A lot of times. It should be that way. So I found myself in the spot of not only seeing this kind of in our church and going, are we giving our time to the things that are most important? And I thought about this in my life as well, because I found myself giving all of my time and energy to the things that were most urgent, not necessarily the most important. You guys know what I'm talking about. And in this image, there are three circles. And all three circles represent the priorities of your life on the daily. That's what they do. Specifically, we're talking about our time and how we spend it. 
And so over here, you see survival. And it's a big circle. It's the biggest circle in your life. But these are the things that you do to just survive day in and day out. These are the things like, hey, your job could be survival because you're making the money and it gives you what you need. Some of you get the opportunity to do your dream for a job. But a lot of us are just, you know, we're, tra we're trading time for money. And, and so we're like, I need the money because I need to survive. And that's understandable. A lot of us are in that spot, and I get that. But this is also grocery shopping, eating meals, drive time, yard work, email, social media check-ins, you know, all the stuff in life that doesn't necessarily move the needle of the purpose of your life, but you feel like you have to do them to survive, just to make it in this world. And here's the thing, we all have to survive. I want you to do survival stuff because if you don't, you die. So survive, okay? I'm not, I'm not pitting survival into a bad spot. It's just not enough. The next circle is values. The values we have may be the things that we care about a lot in life that we give time to. So maybe it's like spending quality time with family, or maybe it is your faith life, and you're like, I put a lot of time into that. I spend time with God. I go to church. I do things like that. Having good friends or exercise or living healthy or whatever it is. You value these things, therefore you spend time on them. And the good news is a lot of us probably spend quite a bit of time on the things we value. They're not, now some of us don't, but a lot of us do. We've somehow prioritized our values enough that they get a big chunk of our time. And here in the middle, the smallest one, it says dreams. And to be honest, I'm being pretty generous with the circle. I just needed you to see it today. It's probably a smaller circle that you actually spend on your dreams. And here's what I want you to notice about the interesting thing about this. You can go to the next slide. That, that centerpiece, the red, right there in the center where all of our survival things and our values and our dreams come together, that's the best version of you. And so the truth is, is we are prior, if we're prioritizing things in an in a out-of-whack mode, and we're spending the majority of our time just surviving, guess what? The best version of you is very, very small. Therefore, you are not letting your little light shine. It's under a bowl. It's hidden deep under the surface of the undersurface. But what if you live like this? I'm going to the next slide. What if you live like this, where survival was still a big part of life? Because it has to be. But you integrated your values into the things that you survive in. You don't just keep those separate anymore. It's not like my life and God life. It's like you're pulling those things in. Everything shines through. And then your dreams become a bigger part of your priority because you care about them. And the things you dream about are the things you care about. And the things you care about are the things you pray about. And the things you pray about are the things you do. And so you start to do those things. And guess what? The priority of your time starts to shift and they start to come together. And this is called a holistic life where you are an authentic self. And the best version of you starts to shine really bright then. It becomes bigger. It becomes more of what people encounter when they encounter you. It becomes more of who you really are, which we say, I think I'm becoming all that God's created me to be. Now, we could talk more about Simplify to Magnify. There's actually a whole bunch more than I, I think we'll get to someday. But this is just the start of it, talking about our time. Because how do I magnify what's most important instead of what's just most urgent in my life? Because I want to give myself to the things that matter most. Are you guys with me today? Anyone feel like I'm reading your mail? Yeah. Do you get mail? <laughs> For many of us, we have a lifestyle of doing what has to be done, then we go into recovery mode. So we get done what needs to get done, then we go to, into recovery mode, and that usually just involves Netflix and Bluebell ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get up the next day and put our do-it-again boots on and go after it. Yeah. We have to give ourselves to what we really care about. Ephesians says this, Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Be smart. Making the best use of your time. Because our days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We've got to understand His will. Wisely making the best use of the time we have. You're like, I don't know what God's will is. Yes, you do. 
Yes, you do. You know what it is? He's told you more than you think. We live in the world of I don't know, but he's told you a lot of things you do know. Just start acting on things you do know, and guess what? He'll reveal more of the things you don't know. So, are you creating some space in your life? Maybe you need to start just literally praying about it. Maybe you need to start just taking a weekend to, to work on it. Maybe if you're married, you need to set some time aside, take a weekend together, or take several nights a week over a few months to just pray together and talk about what are we dreaming about? Because how many of you know that couples that pray together stay together and couples that dream together grow together? Maybe it's prioritizing time with a mentor or someone you can talk to. The point is we have to create space or that tree will never grow. Okay, let's move to the next thought. I have to go a lot faster now. But that's okay. That was the longest point because we prioritize the priorities. <clears throat> Number two, share. Everyone say share. share. Sharing is two parts. One, we say it to other people. We got to share it. We got to say it out loud. The other part of share is I invite you in. I'm going to collaborate. I'm going to co-work with you. I'm going to share this dream with you because I'm not going to be the Lone Ranger. This is not all about me. This is going from me thinking to we thinking. And I want to start thinking more about other people. I'm not just all about myself. My dream can't be self-focused. That has to be me or we focused. That has to be community focused. That has to be the world focused. That has to be shining my light and the light of God's people into the world around me. So we have to consider who we're sharing our dream with, but we also have to consider how am I inviting others into it. You know, I tell this story often, but I'll never forget when Christy and I had that spark of a dream to start a church. How many know that we didn't talk to anybody about that for a while? We were a little bit nervous. We were a little bit scared. We were like, uh-uh. I don't want to do that one. God, are you sure? Not sure people will show up. I always imagine four people showing up. My family. <laughs> that was it. And I was like, they don't tithe enough. <laughs> Just kidding. That wasn't in the notes. I need to stay on the notes. <clears throat> but I, I, I never remember at that moment, I, one of the first people I told it to was to Ryan Moore. I tell the story a lot because I love it. But Ryan, he was up here sharing a minute ago. And I tell him, I say, hey, Ryan, I, I think we're going to start a new church. And when I was telling him this, I'm thinking, I'm basically saying, goodbye, Ryan. We're leaving to go start a church. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Right? That's what I thought was going on. And he goes, he responded to me. And I'll never forget what he said. He says, when do we start? Hmm. You want to talk about a moment. He did two things. I had the trust in him to share that dream with him. And he said right back to me immediately, I believe in you and I got your back. And then he took it a step further and he says, guess what? I'm going to join you in that dream. And it went from me thinking to we thinking like that. And we had so many other conversations in the coming years with people, coming months really, over with people, same thing. I remember talking to Greg Raish. I remember talking to my parents and Christy's parents. I remember talking with Riley Bailey. I remember talking with Leslie. I remember talking to all these people. Same thing. I'm just like, okay, God, like, you're doing something. And not every dream is starting a church or starting a ministry or, or anything like what we put in the spiritual category of life. Some of them are seriously just dreams to create a home of hospitality where people will feel the love and welcome presence of God whenever they enter into your place. Some of them are dreams to just say, you know what, I want to be the best engineer possible. So when people, you know, when people encounter me, I have the opportunity and influence to share them who, share with them who Jesus is. Maybe, maybe that's it. There's so many ways to shine God's light. But whatever the dream is, who are you sharing it with? Lastly, number three, 
do. Ultimately, we got to do something. Everybody say, do something. So many times we get stuck in the dreaming phase of dreaming. That sounds weird. What's wrong with that? A few years ago, our family was having dinner, and Addie volunteered to pray. I think Addie was four or five at the time, and I, she, the prayer was so profound that I wrote it down. I still have it to this day. I wrote this prayer down, and this is what she said. She said, God bless this to our bodies. She didn't say food. She just said this. God bless this to our bodies, and I pray I don't have any dreams. Amen. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I don't want any dreams tonight, Dad. And Emily, in sixth grade, she looks at me and says, oh, Dad, that'll be a good one for a message. Since sixth grade, my PK has been giving me message tips. But um, listen, maybe Addie's prayer is occasionally, occasionally appropriate. God, I don't need any more dreams. I need action. You've already given them to me, God. I don't want to get stuck in dreaming for dreaming's sake. I want to take the dreams you've given me, and I want to do something in this world about it. Every person that's ever made a difference in the world has one thing in common. Doesn't matter if it's a big difference, small difference, medium-sized difference. It doesn't matter. They did something. They, they didn't wait any longer. They didn't think someone else is going to do it. They didn't procrastinate. They didn't think, oh, it's just going to live in my mind forever, and it's going to be this dream that I always think about, but I never actually do. No, they actually went and did something. Listen to this, James chapter 1, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, everyone say doer. If they're not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he was like. That does not sound like a person who's very smart because they're not actually doing what they say. They're just talking, right? But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. 1 John 3.18 says, little children, it's talking to you, little children. How many of you know sometimes it's like four years old all over again in our life? We got to learn how to share again. We got to learn how to do the right thing again. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. James 4.17, so whoever knows the right thing to do, you know the right thing to do, but you fail to do it, guess what? It is a sin for him. That's some heavy stuff. James is the doing disciple. I don't know if you knew that. James is like, you better get to it. You better do it. You better stop just messing around with your faith. Faith without works is dead. When we do something about the dreams and the calling, guess what? Then life invades our space. It invades our comfort. It it takes over our complacency. So many people choose to live in neutral. Neutral is the space where we're not doing anything bad, but we're not going anywhere either. And that is a great tragedy in life, living in neutral. It's a great tragedy. And so many people do it. And you may be sitting here going, man, this is really cool. I get it. I get the whole illustrations and all the imagery. That's great. But I don't know what to do. I don't know what the dream is. Like you're saying, what's the dream? And I don't even know what the dream is. I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what my calling is. And so I don't even know what should come out of hiding. Maybe this 
maybe this is just exposing that for you. And I just want to say this. It's really simple, but I hope it sits with you and it, and it hits you in the right way. If you're a person who desires to honor God with your life, just start acting on it. Just start doing something. You don't have to always know the big dream or the big calling, but you do know that God's called you to do some things. Just go and do them. Because the river is wide and deep and, and God will keep you within his banks. Just start becoming that person that he's called you to become. He's called all of us to become. So prioritize, share, and do. So back to this channel image. <clears throat> we asked you three questions. The first one's sort of surface level, it's water, le water level. What are you not saying to God that you need to say? Second question that we went a little deeper on, right? What is the fear under the surface stopping you from going deeper? And then today we're drilling deeper with the shovel. What is the dream inside of you that needs to come out of hiding? Like if you're willing to really explore that, those three questions, and really get vulnerable about them, don't you think on the other side of that is a discovery of things you don't even know about yourself yet? Don't you think that on the other side of that, God has something he wants to show you, do in you, and give you? That's what this is about. It's the power of vulnerability, that I'm going to be vulnerable with my heavenly father. I'm going to be vulnerable with the community. I'm going to become my authentic self. Here's what I know, and I'm, I am done. And guess what? There's not even a song at the end. So if you're like looking at your watch, don't worry about it. I know that many of us have experienced discouragement in our dreams and the callings that God has put in our life, but I want to read a scripture over you today. It comes out of Revelation 3, chapter, or excuse me, Revelation 3, verse 2. He says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. For those of us who are like, I, I, I have tried this before. Jesus said this to one of his churches, and this church on the surface looked like they had it all together. But underneath the surface, they were dying. They were checking out. Their passion was waning. And so your dreams, your work, I get it. Like, how do we, how do we really say, God, am I doing everything that you've called me to do? You just need to ask yourself, am I shining the light of God? Am I... Is, is, are the things that are deep in me coming out of me and into the city? Am I shining his light? Am I, am I allowing the things that he's put in me not to die, not to shrink, not to be put under a, put under a bowl, but I'm allowing it to shine brightly for the whole world to see? Friends, I wonder what would happen if we became a community like that, if we became a church like that, where the unspoken things that live under the surface of our lives come out of hiding shame and fear and confusion, and we speak them to God and to others. And we truly live into this relentless pursuit of who God has created you to be. So that's who we want to be. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that over everyone. I pray that you become everything God has created you to be. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we pray that as we spend just a moment, that God, this would be a day that maybe just sticks with us in a way that some things don't. God, we, we, just, we just want to be our authentic self, the real self, the real us, and all the things that you put on us, God. God, we love you and we trust you. Thank you for the hope that you put in us. Thank you that we're not alone, that you hold everything in your hands, Father. We pray we're an authentic community that shines your light into the city. 
maybe just right now, real quick, and then, like I said, we're done. What is something that's underneath the surface right now that you just need to say to God? I want to give you 30 seconds, just maybe a minute, just something that you need to say to God today. Take a moment. Speak to God about something that's real. I'm going to be quiet. It's going to let you do that. Something real. Maybe it's a dream, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something you haven't talked to him about in a while and you need to. we want to move from pseudo living to authentic living pseudo church to an authentic church pseudo Christian to an authentic Christian a a pseudo follower of Jesus to an authentic one father we want to be willing to enter into the deep things that lie under the surface so we can come out of it the person you've called us to be I pray that over each and every person today now as we leave I just want to invite you to stand I just want to say this go ahead and stand where you're at That's sort of a closing thought for you today. God has done more than you know in you, and he wants to do more than you know through you. And so look deep within, discover the person God's desiring you to be, created you to be, prioritize it, share about it, and go do it. Are you all with me? Can we give God praise today? So good. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.